perspective. Um, sometimes we, on our side of things, don't necessarily see what it must have been like for the royal couple, for all that they went through and the challenges that they faced. And uh, we're in the midst of this series called The Wonder of Christmas. And uh, I hope by now you are developing a new sense of wonder if you've been with us for the last four weeks or so. We've been talking about the wonder of love, the wonder of peace, the wonder of joy. And today we're going to talk about that powerful four-letter word, the wonder of hope. We're going to talk about hope today. And I believe that hope is so vitally important for all of us, especially in the times that we're living in. We need his hope, don't we? We need to understand hope. And uh, I've oftentimes said if we lose hope, we've, we've lost everything because hope has the potential to, to truly enable us to walk through this life and to face the circumstances that we face in life. Now the word hope actually is the Greek word elpis. Sounds it's interesting that the word uh, hope actually sounds like it has the word peace in it. Elpis is how it's pronunciated. Uh, it's the Greek word for hope, which means confident expectation. And so I want to talk for a few moments today about the wonder of hope. And let me just stop and say, wasn't that just a beautiful presentation by our children? Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. You know, sometimes you just kind of have to hold it together, right? I was tearing up several times because there were so many like tender moments right there, right? And just beautiful, beautiful. Job well done by our uh, Kidman team, by Charity and the Kidman team. Absolutely. So part of the wonder of Christmas is how God chooses to give the hope that we desperately need. You know, most, most biblical scholars agree that there were over 300 Old Testament prophecies given that Christ would come and that when he came, what he would accomplish as he came. And uh, each one of these promises brought hope with them. And the first one that I want to reference today is one that we actually talked about last week, and it's Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It is a prophecy promise of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. And Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, hey, there's that word again. How many of you thought of that word this week? Behold, we made a big deal of that word last week. It means to look or to see with a sense of awe or surprise. So behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know, about 700 years later, that's a long time, isn't it? 700 years later, this promised prophecy of hope was fulfilled when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and as he came to save his people from their sins. You know, there are many elements and key players in this Christmas drama, if you will, and key participants on the stage of life for all the ages. And they had to choose to act or to respond in hope. And the first that I want to talk about today, and we just, we saw it so beautifully portrayed as Mary and Joseph. And we even heard some of the passages of scripture. So I, I, want, to, I want to start you out here with a fill in the blank, okay? And I'm going to see how well you guys can guess 
the key words in this presentation. So go to the next slide, if you will, guys. Thank you, please. Maybe. There it is. So Mary and Joseph, blank in hope. Anybody have any ideas? If you said obeyed, you got it right. If you didn't, sorry. <laughs> Mary and Joseph obeyed in hope. They had to obey the words that were given to them. Their response was obedience, right? The first expression here, obeyed, is what Mary and Joseph had to do to become the royal family, the real royal family, if you will. They had to have a willingness to obey the Lord. Mary would not have become the mother of Jesus and Joseph would not have become the earthly father of Jesus unless they were willing to obey. The Messiah's advent came to fruition just as it had been promised, but it was important for the key participants to obey what was spoken to them. Hope incarnate was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lay sleeping in a manger, but that wouldn't have happened unless Mary and Joseph obeyed. Let's go to some scripture here and see. Some of these scriptures you will have already heard as the kids so beautifully portrayed it. In Luke chapter one, the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I... Don't know a man. That's another way of saying, how can this be when I have never been intimate with another man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, I love this part, nothing will be impossible. Now take close note of Mary's response here, if you will. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So we see that Mary had to give her consent. Mary had to say, I will obey. I will do what is asked of me. And how about Joseph? If we go to Matthew chapter one, we see that Joseph had an encounter with an angel as well. An angel appeared to him in a dream and gave him explicit, very detailed instructions about his role and his responsibility in the birth of the Christ child. Verses 22 and 23 of Matthew chapter one says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him... Emmanuel, which means God with us, right? And then we see Joseph's response. Matthew 1, 24 says, when Joseph woke up, again, he had this encounter in a dream. When he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. We see obedience. Again, response was obedience. In Luke 2, verses four through seven, 
we see both of them responding together in obedience. Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. They obeyed even down to the very finite detailed instructions that were given to them. Detailed instructions. Now I think there's something for us to learn from the lesson here in these passages of scripture what if the Lord asks us of something? What will be our response? Will we, will we, like Mary and Joseph, be obedient to his voice, obedient to his words? Are we willing to be tar- participants, willing participants in God's grand scheme of things? That leads me to the next group of participants. And again, we're going to see how good you guys are at guessing the fill in the blanks, okay? Here's the next one. The shepherds blanked in hope responded (laughs) sorry (laughs) you're like hey guys this isn't fair pastor give us a little more right the shepherds responded just like Mary and Joseph obeyed the shepherds responded shepherds were given an opportunity of a lifetime right Luke 2 8 through 14 says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know, I want to stop here and say what began as an ordinary night for the shepherds became an extraordinary event, right? With another angelic visitation. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, I love this part here, and suddenly, there was not only one angel, but there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Now watch this. We see their response. Picking it up at verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, I love how they talked to each other before they did anything. They're like, what, what should we do? What should we do? What, what's, what, what's the game plan here? They rendezvoused. They talked to each other. But watch this. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Friends, the shepherds responded, and they responded in hope. Because hope, again, is not wishful thinking. Hope is expectant. It's expectant confidence So when Mary and Joseph obeyed, they obeyed with expectant confidence that God was going to do what he said he would do. 
When the shepherds responded, they did so with confident expectation that God was going to honor his words. What can we learn from that? I believe that there's a lot for us to learn in our obedience to the Lord, in our responsiveness to him, that we worship him, that we honor him with our obedience, that we honor him when we respond to him. Friends, the, the Christmas story, the Christmas narrative would not have happened without obedience and responsiveness. And really, if, if you want my honest opinion this morning, I'm going to give it to you whether you want it or not, <laughs> right? Isn't that true for us? Can we really encounter Christmas? We really, really encounter the meaning of Christmas, the Christmas that he wants us to experience without his obedience, and, or our obedience to him, I should say, or without us being responsive to the Lord, right? And the shepherds, they, they continued to respond. They, they not only went to the manger, they not only responded to go to him and to worship him, right? But when they left that manger, what happened? They continued to respond because when they left there, they were praising and glorifying God. They wouldn't and they couldn't keep it to themselves. Wherever they went, they were spreading praise about what they had seen. And they were telling everyone what they had encountered. Not only the heavenly host, that would be enough for most of us, right? Not only the heavenly host, they encountered the, the angelic host, but they also encountered Jesus. When they went to the manger, they had an encounter with God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with them, with us, right? So if we want to truly encounter Christ, let's respond to him, just like the shepherds did. The next group is the wise men, the magi. And the wise men, what's the fill in the blank here? Travel, that's a good one. Not right, but it's a good one. This is kind of a fun game. Anybody have any ideas? Worship is excellent. They responded also. But interestingly enough, they searched. They searched in hope. It was a sense of seeking out and understanding what they had witnessed and seen in the sky, right? So the wise men searched in hope. Matthew chapter 2 it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. They were serious about their pursuit, about seeking out what the celestial phenomenon, if you will, really represented because when they saw the star or the convergence or some that believe that it was not just one star, but it was like a convergence of planets that created this, this bright celestial phenomenon that occurred in the sky. And you know what? what? When they saw that, they sought out the truth. They sought out where could this Christ child be born? Could it be that we are going to discover him. Man, it's, it's bad when you hear a baby crying way out in the lobby, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm sure they think that it's quiet over here, but it's not. <laughs> I'm hearing it like, I don't know, it's like radiating from this room. Maybe somebody could help me because that's kind of distracting a little bit. No? Nobody's getting up. Okay, that's okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, good, good. Thank you. Sometimes it's like, I'll just take the baby out here. And then it's like amplified. It's like, I'm easily distracted if you haven't noticed. So, I love babies. And I think, you know, I love to hear them cry. But it's hard to hear a baby cry and preach. Am I allowed to say that? I mean, I think it's okay. Sorry if I make anybody upset with that. But, you know, this passage reveals that the Magi had hope, right? That the Magi had hope that this, again, this phenomenon that was happening in the sky would lead them to the newborn king. They had hope. They had an expectancy, right? They knew that what they viewed in the heavens was anything but normal. That it was actually a sign that a king had been born. It was actually a specific king that had been born, right? It was a convergence, a divine sign that God incarnate Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, the bright and morning star had been born. So their stargazing is, is really symbolizing the fact that Jesus the most holy and powerful light in all the universe was brought into this world. That is a beautiful thing for us to ponder during this Christmas season. The Magi, they searched in hope that they would discover him. They sought him out and they sought him out for what purpose? To worship him, to worship him. Now, there's been a lot of dialogue over, well, were these guys really believers? Were they what we would classify as being, you know, like a, a godfather, a Christ follower, a Christian today? Who would they be? I'm telling you right now who they are. They were like those we encounter today that are searching for something. Amen. They're searching for something. And I believe that they were searching so intently that they were willing to risk it all. They were willing to travel a great distance to see if just what the sign in the heavens represented would lead them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And guess what? It did. And what happened when they got there? Whether it was months later, whether it was years later, immaterial. The fact of the matter is they came and they worshiped him, right? And when they came and when they worshiped him, we see what happens. If we look in Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 and 11, and I love it. It starts out with the word behold. There it is again, right? Behold, behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. Man, they started worshiping right away. They were in pursuit. They were seeking truth with exceeding and great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And friends, again, I know I've shared this before in past Christmases, but these were prophetic gifts that they offered the Lord. The gift of gold to the Christ child was symbolic of his divinity, God in the flesh. The gift of frankincense was symbolic of his willingness to sacrifice his own life. You know, Jesus is no longer on the cross, but he's also no longer in the manger. Right? The manger's actually empty, just like the cross is empty. 
But you know what? I find that just like it's, it's good for us to reflect upon him being in that manger because of what it represents, right? Hello, right? Just like it's good for us to reflect upon him being on the cross. Why? Because of what he accomplished on the cross. He's not in the manger. He's not on the cross. But it's good for us to reflect upon how he entered this world and what he accomplished when he came to this world because that has the capacity, that has the potential to revolutionize and to transform our lives. Because the Christ who was born in a manger is the same Christ who hung on the cross. The same Christ who resurrected from the tomb to purchase for us our salvation. Just like we sang in worship, to ransom us, to redeem us right? And then the, the last of the gifts that they laid before the Christ child was myrrh, symbolized bitterness and suffering and affliction. Did they know what they were doing? I'm not really sure, but I believe that they were led and guided by the Lord to bring exactly what they brought, because the symbolism is oh so rich for the life that he lived price that he paid, the death which purchased for us our salvation. Yeah. So whether they knew what they were doing or not, they were being led and guided by the Lord as they were searching for him. So obedience, right? Obedience and responsiveness, being willing and wanting to seek him out and pursue him, vitally important. And the last one really is where we come into the story. It's what is our response going to be, right? And for you and I, we are to live with hope. Amen. We are to live with hope. Because we have the story written. It's recorded in scripture right here. The words are written, thank God. Amen. But this is where we can actually be written into the storyline as followers of Jesus. You and I are to live with hope. We don't live as those who lack hope or understanding because we have the word. We understand the love of Jesus. We've encountered his peace. We know what it means to have joy, joy unspeakable that isn't anything like the world experiences. The joy that we have is in a person. The peace that we have is in a person. And Jesus is our hope. Amen? So, when it comes to you and me, we need to live with the sense of hope. Just as I said earlier, if we lose our hope, we lose so much. So, so much. Because hope, friends, hope has the capacity to reignite the fires of love that leads us beside still waters of peace and that manifest spiritual vitality, otherwise known as joy. Hope. We must keep hope alive, right? It's a must. Our hope is, again, not wishful thinking, but our hope is in Jesus. And I want to end this message with just a couple of passages of Scripture written by Paul to the Romans. And I pray that these Help us even as we go into this season. And if we're lacking hope, that, that hope will be stirred in our hearts. 
that there will be a new appreciation, a new understanding of what hope really means. It's a confident expectation. Man, I have a confident expectation that God is going to come through. Amen. Do you? Do we? We should, right? Because of all people, those of us who call ourselves Christ followers should be filled with hope during this time of year. Matter of fact, we should be just spilling over with hope this time of year. Because our, our hope isn't based on what we can do. It's not based on what you can do. Your hope is not based on what I can do, or at least I hope it's not. Right? But it's based upon who he is and what he is capable of doing. Amen? And that's why these verses that I want to read for you are so important because they speak to the essence of hope. And it's a good place and a good way for us to actually apply this message to our own lives today. It says this in Romans 8, 24, 25. For in this, say it with me, hope. Say it again. Hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. And some of you... Let me just hit the pause button for a moment because some of you are, are sitting out there and you're going, but you know what? I don't see it. Therefore, I don't know that I can hope for it because I don't see it. If that's the case, let this passage help you out. Because you know what? If you can see it, there's no reason to even have hope. You don't need hope if you already see it, if you already know it in a sense that it's right before you. But it goes on here and it says, who hopes for what he already has? Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. I'm waiting for the Lord's healing and I'm waiting patiently. I'm waiting for, another fill in the blank, for you, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for reconciliation in my family. I'm waiting for, you fill it in, whatever it is. I'm waiting for financial relief from the strain that I'm going through. I'm waiting for, those are just a few, right? Maybe you're like me, maybe you're waiting for, for healing, right? Whatever it might be, we wait patiently for it. Romans 15, 4 says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. <laughs> Hello. That means everything that we've read up to this point. It was written for what reason? To teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we may have hope. God's word, friends, brings hope to us, right? And then I have one more. And it's in chapter 15, verse 13. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may, watch it, watch it, pay attention, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So what is the best way for us to interpret a message like this this morning, I believe the best way for us to interpret 
what has been conveyed to us through the word of God so sweetly, so beautifully portrayed up here by our children. Sometimes it's just like childlike faith, right? That really kind of cuts through it all and communicates to us. Happy birthday, Jesus. Oh, that was so tender, so beautiful, right? So between what the children did and and these passages that I've read to us this morning, friends, I believe we see that we have reason to have hope. And not just a little bit, but overflowing. Overflowing speaks to beyond capacity. In other words, it's not just enough. No, it's, it's that and some, but it's actually beyond what we can hold. Yeah? We have the capacity to have that kind of hope this morning. So the passage that we started out with, again, those words that that scripture ends with, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. That's how we have hope. That's how we encounter everything that God has for us this season, that like Mary and Joseph, we will obey to what he says. We will ob- there will be obedience in our responsiveness. That we will be like the shepherds responded in worship and adoration. Every, did you notice that every single response ultimately led to worship? Every single response, Mary and Joseph's response, led to worship. The shepherd's response led to worship. The end of the wise men or magi seeking the Christ child led to worship. So should our response to the Lord lead us to worship him. Amen. Would you stand with me? Perhaps you're here today and And you don't know this Jesus that the children so clearly portrayed in this sweet little presentation or the Jesus that I have spoken about here that came and was placed in a manger. Oh, far, far, far from the end of the story, right? And if you've encountered him, you know that that's just the beginning of the story. But that's where the story begins. That's where it begins, friend. We have to welcome him into our world first before he can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in us and through us, right? So Lord Jesus, I pray that as we come to the end of this time together and the end of this message, Lord, that those who need the hope that you came to bring Jesus will encounter that hope even now and that their hope would be established on you. Not wishful thinking, but a confident expectation, Lord God, that when they give their lives to you, when they surrender themselves to you, Lord, that you give purpose, you give meaning to life, but also you give everlasting life through Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray that we would make room in our hearts for you this day and that we would welcome you into our lives, Jesus, whether for the first time or whether for the millionth time, we make room for you. We welcome you into our lives. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will be willing to obey, to respond, to continue to seek you so that we may live with hope. Thank you, Lord God. 
Fill our lives with hope. Fill our lives with joy, peace. Fill our hearts with love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We honor you and we worship you. We honor you and we worship you. You know, I, I, I had a slide that I was going to show you earlier, but I waited to show you now, and I think it's probably the second slide you guys should have up there. It's just an interesting little picture of a nativity. One of the nativities, we, like I've told you, we have like three or four nativities in our house. This is one of them. And I really like this one because it's in a bird nest. I think that's, I don't know, for me, that has some added meaning. From the, standpo- from the standpoint, it's a bird's eye view of the nativity. And boy, was there life that was birthed that first Christmas that continues to give life to all of us, right? So just the simplicity of it, if we could just go back to that moment, right? If we could place ourselves there just for a moment and truly worship and honor him, right? Oh, come let us Adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Sing that again. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. God. We honor you and we worship you and we thank you for this day and we pray, Lord, that you would continue to give us hope in the days that are to come. Confident expectation, we place it in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. One more thing. One more thing. Thank you. One more thing. So today, you can't see what's in this bag, but you've got to trust me. There's all kinds of goods in here. All right? But we are giving out 50 bags. I'm just going to pull out some of what's in here. Not all of it. But there's canned goods. There's stuffing mix. There's, man, there's all kinds of goods in here. Potatoes. Um, yeah, all kinds of good stuff. For families that we want to have a great meal this Christmas season, and you helped us do that. Thank you. Boy, did you answer the call to uh, step it up and to make sure that we had everything necessary to feed 50 families. And this afternoon, we are actually distributing those meals to the families, okay? Yeah, that's right.
But as we do so, I would like for us to close out